everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tide Chaser. Super excited for our guest today. But first off, a few, few things to tidy up on. You can find us on Facebook, backslash Tide Chasers Podcast, Instagram, Tide underscore Chasers. Uh, basically, we're just out here uh, sharing uh, fishing content for the Mid-Atlantic region, New Jersey specifically, our home waters, um, talking to local fishermen, charter captains, tackle shop guys, Anybody can bring value to our area, and we have a special guest on today. We're going to get into some kayak fishing, uh, kayak fishing uh, ventures here with a, a local New Jersey fisherman. Uh, first off, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Kwa. Well, how you doing, Kwa? Good. What's going on, guys? It's another day, another podcast. Yeah, man. We're, okay, we're super cool. excited for today's, uh, today's episode. We're going to bring on Charles Breon, uh, at Charles Breon on, on uh, Instagram super killer uh kayak fisherman charles welcome how you doing buddy doing great guys thanks for having me on yeah man we're super excited i'm a kayak fisherman these days i i've i've dabbled in it in the past and i've kind of dove straight into it myself uh the last year and a half or so i'm on to my fifth kayak now second hobie and i just love it man it kind of gets you away from the hubbub that's on the bank and gets you in different types of waters that you can't get into with a boat so Welcome, welcome on board, Charles. Just uh, introduce yourself and kind of give us an idea of what you do a little bit. Uh, well, I'm just a local guy down here, KMA, born and raised. Um, I've been fishing since I was a little kid, uh, probably since I was maybe six or seven. My brother took me bass fishing at a lake that was just a couple blocks from my house. Um, something that I, I kind of um, did a lot. Uh, as a little kid and then as a teenager, kind of drifted away from it, got into sports and all that stuff. And then it's probably been about, I don't know, maybe 15 years. I've been really back into it pretty hard. A lot. Can't beat that, so man. You're, you're, you're in the Mecca, man. Cape May is like where it all happens. You get a lot of those southern species coming your way. Uh, yeah. Late summer, we get a lot of influx of like the redfish, speckled trout, all that fun stuff from the yeah. south. And then and then obviously our normal uh, fluke and striped bass and sea bass and all that good stuff. So just real quick, what, how long have you been kayak fishing? What made you get your start into the world of kayak fishing? Um, I guess I've been kayak fishing probably, probably 10 years now, I would say. Um, I actually had a guy at my work uh, give me a kayak. He was kind of down on his luck and uh, was looking for some firewood. And uh, my family had a, a tree service, and we just happened to have a whole bunch of firewood laying around. So he came down and picked it up. And a couple of days later at work, he was like, hey, man, really, thanks for the firewood. Probably get my family through the wintertime. And uh, he's like, I got this kayak. My kid's too big for it. Do you want it? And it was like an old, old ocean kayak drifter or whatever, 11-footer. And uh, maybe that weekend or something, me and my buddy Jimmy bought another kayak for my buddy Mike, and we went flounder fishing. It was just home from that point. It's just been nonstop. So that was the uh, that was the gateway drug to your kayak fishing. Was that uh, yeah that little link up? Yeah, for sure. Like I did a lot of surf fishing in my uh, early twenties, you know, and like never could really afford a boat when I was younger. And then you know you can't really justify one now unless you got a cool Hobie power skiff or something. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, like you're always standing on the beach going, man, I wish I could get just out to where those, you know, those birds are dropping or whatever. And, you know, I, like once that guy said to me, Hey, you want this kayak kind of a light bulb went off in my head. And I'm like, Oh, this is it. This is how it's going down. 
And like you, like honestly, you really couldn't even give me a bit at this point. I just think that it's too much responsibility, and like a lot of those guys, I'm not saying everybody are just going right past the fish, man. There's a lot of times where I'll be sitting out there and in the inlet, like four or five hours later, and here comes a guy coming in the inlet. Says, "Yo, man, you catch any fish?" I'm like, "Dude, I got a you know free flounder on a stringer. He spent a hundred bucks in gas and going home empty-handed." I got to so, say, I agree with you, man. They're like Quan yeah. and Kyle and all of our buddies talk about these boats, and I'm like, I, I don't even want to hear it. I'm, I'm down yeah, with kayak fishing, man. I mean, yeah, it's cool. I mean, I still do a lot of bank fishing, especially in the wintertime, but, uh, you know, it's just something about it, man. It kind of just does something to your, like, hunter-gatherer thing, you know. I sleep better because of it. It's probably, you know, probably saved my life in more than one way, you know, because I used to be into, like, motorcycles and fast cars and all that stuff, my motorcycle's been in my basement for like ten years. I, uh, I mean, your kayak is the uh, the drug of choice. Yeah, yeah, the tug is the drug, man. It's good on the kayak. It's just, you know, it's just great, man. It does uh, a lot of things for people. Totally agree. I love I love being on my kayak. I, I'll never forget. My wife's like, this is my fifth kayak, right? So the I got the Hobie Compass 2019. My wife uh, basically said, "Oh, here we go, another kayak. I'm sure you'll never yeah. get that one out." And I've, I've been on this thing so many times it's I've already justified it's it's expense but it, I, yeah. there's just, it, the, the connection to the water uh, on a kayak is completely different than when you're on your feet and on the boat and everything else so you, you, you yeah for feel, sure man you kind of feel in a different world when you're out there floating on that plastic boat yeah you really feel like you earned it too yeah man you know what I mean you're not you're not there they're cheating you know I know guys that have million dollar boats that could, couldn't catch a fish like at a fish market. It's true. Yeah, I'm like, where are your rods at, man? <laughs> you know? true. They're out there for the looks of it. That's for sure. You know, yeah. I, I like the ability to be able to sneak into like a creek that's, you know, 18 inches deep with my kayak and nobody else can get in there. It's, it's amazing. Like, yeah. I had uh, I had my kayak down in uh, Oregon Inlet last year and I was fishing this this creek literally 18 inches catching speckled trout. There ain't nobody else in behind me getting yeah. in there. So it can't beat that. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, people... Like some summers, uh, guys like, yeah, you see any specs this year? I'm like, yeah, we caught a hundred in one night. I didn't fish for them for the whole rest of the summer. Yeah, man. hundred special trout. They're all this big, but yeah. it was still fun. Still pretty cool that we got them here for sure. Yeah. There's yeah, only the a few. Of, thing, there's only a few of us that know know how and where and when to target them around here too. So. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, redfish thing is like really interested me because I I got into some redfish off the of, off the of surf probably like maybe like maybe nine or ten years ago. Like it took me three consecutive years to get in these redfish in the surf, and I just stopped doing it and got on the kayak, and I haven't seen a redfish since, man. We we know some spots deep back in there where you fish, so we'll have to yeah. link up and we'll have to link up and explore. Yeah, it's a, it's uh it's definitely something that could like you could take up days and days and not even not even cast. And I don't know if I have that much patience to be honest. <laughs> this other guy on the podcast here, he's very interested in getting on those uh those ghost uh, redfish in Jersey. Uh, I'm, I'll yeah, be hunt, sure. I'll be hunting pretty hard this year. <laughs> I think definitely. I mean, they've they've already picked up one or two of them. So so I'm really I'm not, yeah. So uh, on, on artificial lures or uh, yeah on Mag daughters. Wow. Uh, you know Skip, right? Uh, a stalker, stalker charters. Uh, I'm not sure. He, yeah, he's out. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's out of Wildwood. But uh, yeah, he runs a uh, back, back marsh early season back marsh striper, and he's been bailing yeah. bass. But he he picked up he picked up a red back there. Yeah, I mean that's how that's how it's going to go down is maybe accidentally. Yeah, I don't know much. about stalking and things like they do down in Florida. No, but there's a there's that one guy. He wrote a whole article, I think, in 2016, that he's a guide out of your area in Cape May, but he specifically targets just redfish. But yeah, yeah all the conditions. Yeah, Kenny. Yeah, yeah. but he, but he had the the conditions got to be perfect, or he won't do it. Yeah, try to go fish. Try to go fishing with that guy. See what. See how many times he tells you no first. Oh, hundreds yeah. probably. I guarantee you, hundreds. Yeah, and I, I got actually got into started figuring out some of his spots back. Um, off the parkway and mm-hmm. uh i guess his house is on the water back there somewhere maybe and like he came flying all the way across the marsh and he's like hey what are you doing over here <laughs> like i think he was like sitting on his back porch drinking coffee and saw me came over <laughs> and chased me out of there he's the yeah. gatekeeper of his waters over there yeah hey, i'm trying yeah, to get him. like a, I'm... he's like my one of my old friend's uncle too and i feel like i should you know try to make that connection with him like because the guy's a legend but he don't he won't even talk to me he just gets right by yeah, no, I'm trying to like find a way to reach out to him and just maybe get him on a podcast to talk a little bit about the redfish in Jersey. Oh, dude, Not I have just... a mini connection with him, just a mini one I could try, but yeah, I mean, I, we don't need his spots or whatnot. We just want to kind of just pick his brains about what he thinks about the fishery and shit like that. Yeah, I think he uh, he fishes with cut mullet. I mean, yeah. I don't know what it's covered, but I mean, that's how I've caught him in the surf was with cut mullet because mm-hmm. they can't resist cut mullet, but yeah. Mullet is key. I know when I go down to Virginia Beach, which I catch a lot of flack from my partner here on, but I catch them a mullet. Like we'll fish dock lights, just throw cut pieces of mullet in the dock lights, weightless. Let yeah. it go. Let it go out there slack, and by the time that thing goes like 10, 10 inches under the water, you're tight, and it's a blast, man. Yeah, catching my, catching yeah. puppies up to 28, 29 inches. Yeah, my thing. Yeah. So my 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 thing for them is artificial. I had. I had two roll on me last year on a top water. One was on a top water, another one was on a on a fly, on my fly rod, and well, he, lit- he literally rolled out, like rolled over. I could see it. It was gold belly. I was just like, "Why? Yeah. How did you miss it?" <laughs> yeah, I've I've like sidecasted to black drum and called them and like thought it was a red and had like my heart was about to explode out of my chest. I could have <laughs> swore it was redfish and it was a black drum. Like oh. anybody I- else would have been so ecstatic. Black jump's pretty cool though too. So that's that's not that's not like a terrible consolation prize. Yeah, dude, I, I grew up over in the Dulles, man. They they, they catch hundred pounders over there. Like, oh yeah, uh, you're you're in the Mecca there. You're in the Mecca yeah. of black jump world yeah. out there. Yeah, they call it the last buffalo hunt. It's, it's, it's a shame what they do to the fish, but it's crazy yeah. out there. Like I, I always wondered, like, hey hey guys, what are you guys doing with these like 50, 60 pounders? I mean, I hear guys really eat them. They're just I'm, killing them, yeah. Yeah, I'm just like I I think they eat them, but I'm just like, I mean, from what I've read and research and actually experienced, those 50, 60 pounders, they're they're filled with worms, man. But I heard that yeah. the, the worms won't kill you, but like, dude, it's just weird. <laughs> I I was just like when we were kids, I, my mom didn't like drum when I was a kid, so we were just we just stayed away from it, and they're like super hard to revive. Now yeah. I've caught like seventy pounders on the kayak before, mm-hmm. and it was just. I was like, I don't want to kill these fish anymore, so I'm just going to stop fishing for them. I understand why guys want to try to catch a fish that big, but yeah, it's not really that fun. They don't jump; they just pull straight to the bottom. And, and then it's like lugging, catch a and, head any and, then, day. and then it's like lugging in a big t- fat tire. Yeah, uh, and like yeah, 
I'll agree with the sheep's head thing. We'll get to that later because that that yeah. is right up our alley. We love the sheep's. Yeah. How do you revive a, a seventy pound black drum on the kayak? Especially, especially, you, especially, kayak. especially in a kayak. I mean, on a boat, maybe you can put in four gear and kind of like, you know, slowly drag them, you know, forward. But like in a kayak, it's literally impossible. Especially like yeah. a seventy, especially a seventy pounder. You just got to try to get, I guess, get them in the back in the water as fast as you can. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so pretty much. That's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, who wants who wants to lug one of those into your kayak though? It's slimy. <laughs> it smells. I'll tell you what. Though uh, one time me and my buddy Mike went out and we caught five fish between the two of us and we measured them and they were over they were longer than one pro angler they were like fourteen and a half long five, five fish that's ridiculous fourteen and a half feet yeah. that's a good day that's a solid day that was the last time that was the last time I did it and I remember we got back to the beach and uh, we were like almost sobbing like it was like one of those epic nights the whole fleet was out there there was like two hundred boats out there you could just hear drum hitting the deck you know. Jeez. We got back to the beach after dark, and, like, we were just extremely tired. And uh, this guy, John, that I know, he, he came over the uh, over the sand dune, like, right as we were dragging the kayaks off the beach. He's like, you guys need help cutting them fish off? It was like, and he was like an angel standing under the street, like, <laughs> John Beard. Had the light coming if you guys know him. Nah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cut him up for us that night, saved his day, told, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, it took him. Yeah, I heard, I heard filleting those things are not fun. Yeah, he had a hatchet. Like, yeah, it's not. <laughs> like, let me fill a drum. I, mean, I, need, I, I, I need a machete. <laughs> yeah. I, no, no. I, um, no more only, black drum. I've only caught them up to, like, I think 26, 27 inches down in the Carolinas. My my middle daughter, actually, she's, yeah. she's my real picky eater, and she always is like, Daddy, can you go get some more black drum? Can you go? She loves them, loves them, loves them. So I'll be after some yeah. of those here shortly, but – uh. Yeah, she loves those those uh those smaller black drum. They're they're good to eat at that size. Yeah, the, the little care. ones. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Charles, what type of kayak are you fishing from, and what types of gear are you 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 got uh got it rigged up with, like fish finder, all that kind of good stuff? Yeah, um, uh, right now I'm on a Hobie Pro Angler 14, uh, just the 180 drive. I didn't actually go for the 360, um, just because of uh. It was like a supply uh, supply thing, you know. Being on the Hobie fishing team, you don't always get first dibs and stuff. Yeah. Like the customers are kind of more important, so there's a shortage of them around. So maybe next year I will get the 360. My body Joe's got it. it. Looks awesome. I've been on them a couple of times, but right now just the uh, regular 18014. I got a, like a TI7 on there, TI2 or whatever it is. Lawrence. Got Try it. to keep it super simple. Switch it up. You know, I do a lot of different kind of fishing, so. Yeah. I've gotten, I've gotten, uh, I've tried to, I'm the kind of guy, I am that guy that brings literally everything I have with me uh, until probably yeah. mid to late last year where I've tried to, to go minimalist and, and go with the bare minimum that I can get away with. And it, it's actually yeah. done well for me because it's, it's so much of a pain in the, in the butt trying to, to stay organized on a kayak, especially when you're catching fish and you're like, you're tossing this this way and you're tossing this this way and you got your ruler yeah. and you got this out and you got the net here and you got your gulp over there it's just it's one of those things where it's it's you're you're at the mercy of the space that you have right so it's it's i've gotten better about taking less with me but i always feel like i'm missing something <laughs> yeah yeah it's something to be said about the guys that do it like super super uh my internet connection's a little slow right now. I don't know what's going on. You're coming through pretty good yeah, on our side. Pretty good. We're breaking. You know, do it real simple. 
I always look at the guys with the paddles too, like, and I'm always like, man, I want to go, like, I want to go back to paddling because it's like such a basic thing. But then, like, I tried to do it, and I'm like, how did I ever do this? But I did paddle for a long time. Like, my first two, my first two boats were paddle kayaks. I had so, a um, my, my I had first... a, I had a uh... go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I had a wilderness fourteen. Um, Go ahead. (laughs) One of you guys got. One of you guys got to go. Now I'm gonna go. I had my first kayak that I had out in the out on the the bay was a uh, ocean kayak prowler thirteen, and I had like a motor on and everything else. Got rid of that, and then I I traded that out for a Vibe Sea Ghost one thirty, and that was a paddle kayak, and I got blown down the bay like crazy a couple times and take me 40 minutes to cattle paddle back to my spot i'm like i've had enough i'm going back to my hobie so that's why i ended up with the hobie compass and i love it it works best for me yeah. um could i could i get a, a big a bigger better kayak i'm sure i could but do i need it that's the question i don't think i need it i think i do what i need to in that kayak yeah the uh i had the ocean kayak for probably only about maybe that summer and uh, I actually needed some uh, scupper plugs for it because I was too heavy for it. And I like, had water coming in. So I was like, I'm just going to put scupper plugs in it. And I took it over to Sterling Harbor and met Kathy and George over there. And Kathy kind of just said to me, like, dude, you're too big for this thing. Like, <laughs> let me try to sell you something else. And, of course, she wanted to sell me a Hobie, of course, because it's the best. And I'm like, man, I'm not ready to spend $3,000 on a kayak. So I bought a real kayak which is, I bought a wilderness uh, tarpon 14 and I could go anywhere on that thing. Oh, yeah. Like I could have confidently paddled that thing to Delaware. Like I was, I was not worried about it. One day it was a real kayak, but I went fishing with, with a, a good friend of mine now, Justin Fessler, like was the first guy I ever saw on a Hobie and we fished a dock at night or a bridge at night. And he just, for, for every cast I was casting, he was casting a hundred times, you know, in the current. And I was like, man, this is why. This is why these guys got these hobies. Yeah. Keeps you where you need to be. It's the biggest part of it is just staying on the spot. Now here's a and question. They get you home. Now here's a question for both of you guys. Um, for a new kayaker, right? Just a guy just looking to get a kayak. Like what it what is some of what what is some advice it to you guys can give to these new guys just looking to get a kayak? Um, like, you know, like what do they gotta take into consideration? that that would help them choose the right one charles i'll let you take that one yeah the the first thing i I would say to anybody is to demo kayak uh don't get your heart set on any brand don't get your heart set on a pedal kayak a paddle kayak just go to a store take a couple of these that you like that look nice take them for a ride man because everybody's different everybody's built different and kayaks just going to feel better there's a kayak for everybody out there so, and then, you know, the other thing to that is like the, the second thing you should buy is a PFD. That is like my, you know, root advice. NRS Chinook. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I actually just got the Rakim. Yeah. How do you like it? I like, I like the full back better, honestly, with the uh, pro angler seat for sure, because it doesn't ride up around your neck like the, uh, the, the Chinook, I had the Chinook too. Great, great vest. And I actually like that. Like, I wear a vest when I'm out fishing on the marsh sometimes, especially by myself. Mm-hmm. And 
that that's what I wear when I'm out in the marsh. Yeah, I've I've gotten to the point where like I'm not I'm I, that's like a part of my gear. I, I my my let my vest goes on. It doesn't come off. It's not an issue. Yeah. So it doesn't get in the way of anything, even if it's yeah, you know, even if it's the middle of July, middle of August. I have my vest on. Yeah. I have three kids yeah, in life I got to come home to. So but as far as uh, my advice, yeah, that's like what I said. Like you said, demo in a kayak is huge. And obviously you want to gauge the, the, the kind of water you're fishing. Like there's going to be different kayaks for lakes and rivers than you would be fishing on, uh, on a, on a bay or a, an ocean. Right. So you want to make sure that what mm -hmm. your, what your, uh, your kayak of choice can handle the type of fishing that you're doing. Like for me, I can easily take my, my Hobie compass out on my local lake but I can also take it out in the ocean if I so choose. So it's, it's very versatile. Um, do I think it's, it's uh, as versatile as like an outback on big water? Probably not, but it, it, it'll do what I need it to do. Um, and then another thing is obviously yeah. is, is your electronics and, you know, your, your marine radios, all these things that you don't think of uh, off the top of your head is the, the, the safety things, right? So you get all excited about your kayak, yeah. you get all excited about being on the water, but then safety takes uh, a back seat and the, you know, the, the Marine radio yeah. and everything else are huge. Yeah, dude. I, there's been several times where I've gone to pull my kayak out of my back of my truck going, Oh man, my life jacket's hanging in the garage and yeah. I've gone all the way back home and gotten it. Yep. And it's not like I tell people, it's not about you drowning. It's not about how good of a swimmer you are. It's about your mom having to get on there and identify your body. That's what it's about. Because like your your life is on the line when you're out there. Like you're right back down on the food chain. You're not and you're not that tough. And you're not swimming a quarter of a mile to the beach. It's not happening. But a seven knot current. Yeah, and, and you, you can't you can't plan for every variable out there. You can't plan for how much boat traffic you're gonna be up against. You can't plan for every jet ski. You can't plan no. for every pop-up storm. The last two times I've been out on my kayak. I've, I've been very, monitored the weather perfectly and I've had storms pop up on me both times. You yeah. Know? So it's just one of those things you got to prepare for every possible angle that could, to, that you could encounter while you're out there. And, and, you know, your number one weapon against any of that is going to be a, a good PFD and, and your safety gear. So. Yeah. Yeah. Always, always check the weather too, man. Especially like, uh, you know, the spring, too, when you get those big rollers coming up the bay, like, it doesn't matter. The, like, the storm could be in the Delaware Bay, but you're going to have severe lightning going up the coast and, and the Barrier Islands, you know. And you don't want right. to get caught in that. No, not at all. Not at all. I had it happen to me down in Virginia Beach. Uh, I, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, I had, like, a nice overcast day. Sun came out. And then, bam, huge-ass storm right bearing down on me. And... I'm pedaling my, my butt off to get back into shore. And I'm like so far away. I'm like, man, am I going to make it? I made it just in time, but I got soaked. But yeah, I've almost, almost gotten bit in Florida a couple times for sure. Yeah. Florida's weather's crazy. And you never know, man. You just got to prepare for everything. We're getting that kind of weather these days up here now. I mean, with, yeah. with uh, climate change, we get pop-up storms like, like they do down south. So you got to prepare for those things. Now, yeah, how often sure. are how often are you getting out on your kayak, Charles? You know, obviously this is this is prime time for you, but are you getting out uh, after any of the winter species? You getting out now? Like, obviously, we know we fish for a lot of the same stuff right now. So, how often are you getting out there? So, uh, so I'm probably fishing at least two days a week. 
Um, sometimes I get real lucky. My wife lets me do whatever I want. Uh, I definitely, like, usually always get Saturday and Sunday in, and then I try to pick up a night every once in a while. Um, most of my kayak fishing buddies are in the restaurant industry, um, bartenders and such. So they kind of work a different shift than I do. So sometimes, like, midweek stuff works out real good with those guys. And we do a lot of, lot of night fishing. The night time is the right time. Uh, hey, you're, you're talking to the guy that believes in that. The other guy over here likes to be sleeping, but I, I love getting out at nighttime. I'm old, I'm old man. Yeah, I can't I can't stay out past twelve o'clock. That ain't gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, I'll t- fish is the only thing that'll keep me awake at night, man. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of times where my night's starting at midnight. Well, not so much as of like the last year or so, but I love night fishing simply because my, the biggest thing for me is I'm not choosing time spent with my family over fishing. You know what I mean? So I, I can, I can fish and I, yeah. I can, I can spend time with my kids and my wife. And I just got to go on a little less sleep. You're just hurting yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's only on me. Right. Yeah. It's like so the only acceptable funny. excuse to be dragging at work the next day is like, Oh man, I was fishing all night. I'm tired. <laughs> now, now, obviously uh, we talked about you, you uh, based out of Cape May, but are you fishing only saltwater these days? Or are you getting any freshwater fishing? Uh, I do some freshwater fishing um, quite a bit. Actually, we got a, a couple of really good small secret ponds down here. I fish in. I do a lot of uh, traveling to fish. I go up to uh hundred and County. I fish a trolls already in the Delaware river a lot. Um, I like exploring, like, even, you know, close to home, KMA County, going places like that I've never been before, like, I've never been into. I mean, that's real fun for me. There's a lot Definitely of... Off, do a lot of freshwater fishing. There, there's a lot of off-the-beaten-path places down there in that area that are freshwater, like, little uh, little secrets. Uh, I, I know what you're talking about. I'm not going to... Won't, I won't go any further than that, but I know a lot of those secrets. Yeah, spots. yeah. I, I took Ike. I took Ike in a, a hole that I've been fishing since I was like eight years old. Like literally the size of like my high school. This pond is so small. It was a trip having him back there. Guy he caught giant crappie too. It was awesome. Can't beat that. Can't beat a, an awesome little panfish spot. Yeah. Now, you, yeah. you, we talked. To, we talked. To, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. You talked about being on Hobie's fishing team. How did something like that pop up for you? How did you? Uh, how did you jump into that opportunity? Um, well, it really had to do with, uh, the first kayak I bought, the Wilderness Systems kayak, uh, like it, it, it was able, it, it got me on the water a lot because it had so much confidence in it. It was, uh, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't afraid to go by myself anymore because the ocean kayak wasn't like, you know, really suited for me. So, um, I bought that over at Sterling Harbor and, uh, one summer, uh, my buddy Jim and I, we got like uh, two 50-inch stripers and a 48-inch striper one time, and I got a picture of Jimmy that ended up on a couple of magazine covers in the newspaper, and uh, it was hanging over the shop. And the Hobie rep was in there one day and said to Kathy, "Like, yo, what's the deal with these guys? Why are they fishing on these kayaks? They're not on Hobies." <laughs> and uh, she was like, "You know, that's a, that's a good question." And then, so you know, one thing led to another, and they asked me if I wanted to be on the Hobie fishing team. I really didn't know what it was about. And uh, I had, like, no preconceived notions of it or anything. And so I signed up for it, and I applied, and they accepted me. And, it's, dude, it's, it's been, like, one of the best things I ever did, to be honest with you. 
you know, a lot of people talk about like sponsorship being weird and all that stuff, but it's not really a sponsorship, man. It's more like a, it's more like a connection, like a brotherhood with other Hobie guys. Um, I get invited to like a lot of fishing trips on some like super top secret Hobie photo shoots. And like, I had them call me, uh, on a photo shoot when I was in Florida down there, like, yeah, we need somebody to put us on fish. And I'm like, you guys know I'm from Jersey, right? They're like, yeah, but you catch fish down here. So do you want to take this whole camera if you're fishing? They're going to do a photo shoot for, I think it was actually the compass at the time. And uh, I was like, yeah, whatever. And then we, we killed it, man. I got uh, Morgan, you know, from Hobie, like a 32-inch redfish, like 10 minutes after we launched. It was awesome. You're probably like, yeah, oh, so, the pressure's off. Oh, thank God. Uh, yeah, I've been in that situation so many times <laughs> with those guys. It's crazy. But, uh, yeah, like, Kathy, you know, Kathy and George over at Sterling Harbor have been, like, behind me since day one. They, like, Kathy gives me the best gear. You know, they take such good care of me. And, I, you know, I help them out with some, you know, projects that they have, some rigging. Uh, you know, just fishing with customers. I do all kinds of stuff for those guys, you know. And, you know, it's been a great relationship with them. They're best. That's the best shop, man, over there. That, that is a great shop. I stop by there every time I'm on my way through there. Sterling Harbor Bait and Tackle. It's a great little shop. Uh, side of the road. Yeah. They have great inventory. Yeah. Uh, lots of gear there and a lot of knowledge. Like, you yeah. can go in there and chat with those guys and, and get leave there yeah. feeling a lot better about yourself, for sure. Yeah, Matthew, they call her uh, the queen of kayaks, they call her. Queen of kayaks. Well, well guess what? I guess we're going to have to go over yeah. there and uh, do a podcast over there. Yeah, we, we talked about that, doing a podcast right at their, yeah. little, uh, their little back uh, back deck. Back deck. Do a live podcast over there with them. Uh, you know, dude, I'm going to definitely make that happen. You guys, yeah, you never heard stories like these guys got stories. They've been all around the world. They got a... Uh, a big, you know, 60-foot boat that they travel up and down the East Coast with. They've been in every nook and cranny all over the East Coast, mostly. So, like, even South America and the Caribbean and stuff. Stories for days for those guys. Yeah, we might we might have to do an on-site, you know, podcast. We'll send uh, we'll send Charles and Dan down down there to do an on-site podcast. That'd be pretty dope on their back deck. Yeah, yeah, cool. man. I'm... Yeah, they'd probably be into that. Cool. So, uh, so Charles, now outside of Cape May, what what other what other areas without giving away any of your super top secret spots? What other areas you fishing on the bays and the out front uh, down uh, down in South Jersey? Um, I mostly uh, just fish all the bridges, man. Like, I'm I'm usually like no more than a mile from a bridge. Fish all around them, launch at them, you know, all from Cape May to Atlantic City. You know, I try to find that clean water. Really, is what I'm looking for. That's general. That's generally my area as well, Brigantine on south. Um, but if I'm on foot, I'll go a little bit further north. I haven't taken my kayak any further north than that. Um, but I, I may this year. We'll see. Uh, there's obviously some fluke opportunities more north of us that we're seeing as these fish are moving north, and the the uh, migration seems to be going northbound. I might chase some fish up there a little bit. We'll see. Yeah, well, you, when you guys were uh, – when they were catching this big fluke up in uh, – I don't know, where are they at? The, Raritan? Uh, Raritan, I guess, up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were catching them in, like, 12 inches of water, 30 inches. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. They, they, 
I don't drive north, man. I don't like driving north. Any more north than Atlantic City, I'm out. We listen, we have this conversation literally all the time. Like we when you start losing the sod banks and you start losing the marshes, it's not as fun for us. We love I mean, we don't don't get us yeah. wrong. Our, our northern listeners, we love you guys. However, you know, we yeah. we love the marshes and everything in South Jersey and and the etiquette's actually a lot better down south too. Like beating around down up up north yeah. on foot, I get my butt kicked by some of these people. They'll just jump right on your your spot. You catch you can catch a 14 inch fluke and there's like 10 guys flying yeah. to the, to the 10 inch space that you're standing on. And it's just that you don't see that kind of stuff down South. Like, yeah, it's a little, it's, it's like night and day. It's like, you got, uh, yeah, it's, it, and, and I, and we listen, we love, we love South Jersey. It's our, it's our home waters too. So now, now we've talked a, a bit about the different kinds of species you, you like to target. Why don't you, why don't you give us a little insight of, of the, of your typical targets, like, like springtime, summertime, fall, and, and so on? Uh, really, I just kind of fluke fish during fluke season, and then the rest of it is sheep's head. Okay. I don't, like, it's, it's all I can really think about. I, I mean, togging, like, I was, like, really obsessed with tog for a long time. And, you know, then I started getting on the sheep's head and, they just kind of fall by the wayside. Like I still love catching them. I still love, you know, harvesting them on, you know, every once in a while, taking in deep fryer. But, uh, I mean, it's just all about fluke and sheep's head for me. I'm, I'm not really a big striper fisherman. I, I do love catching them in the side banks and, you know, on top water and all that stuff. But I, I just, I just feel like a sheep's head is just the ultimate fish right now. Not a lot of people are catching them. And, Listen, you know, you're, you're, you're I, just, I just love it. Love the whole technique. You're speaking to the choir here because we love them too. It's probably between the two of us. It's probably our favorite species of fish to catch, and and fluke for me is also right up there. If, if it's not one, it's one A type thing for me. I, I love fluke. I love sheep's head. I, I I have gone as far south as like the Carolinas to catch sheep's head because I love them so much. So I can't get enough. I, I went. I took a trip down yeah. uh, down to Oregon Inlet se- September last year, and I I caught like 120 sheep's head, and I didn't get tired of it. It was like the most addicting piece of fishing I've ever had a, uh, had a part of. It was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely. Uh, it's an obsession. That's addicting. what it is. Sheep's heads, Jersey sheep's head is an obsession to us. I just think I really think it's because we have monsters here and we're kind of just showing off. Really. Yeah, you're right. I'm not gonna lie. Because they're not. <laughs> I mean, they're. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. I've seen, I've seen, especially I've seen some of these fish, Dan, Dan doesn't post everything he catches. No, he doesn't. 
but you know, I, I, uh, I've, I, I've, I've, I've been in with, fish with him long enough that I've, I know how big his fishes are. And we don't yeah. post everything. We, we don't post everything, but we've, yeah, he says like, you talk to him about it. He says it like under his breath, like, Oh yeah, we had a 15 pounder. I'm like, mm -hmm. what? I, 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 I've, I've seen the photo of the 15. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, obviously we, uh, we were talking about Dan Schaefer from insomniac guide services, a, a friend of the show, friend of both of us, bottom sweeper jigs, really the only jigs that we're using for sheep's head. There's a lot of other competition out there, but that's our, our, uh, our jig of choice. I would say all three of us can agree with that. Yeah. I got news for you. I'm using bottom sweepers for more than uh sheep's head these days. Yeah. Man. That's all of yeah, us. Anything, man. Anytime I got live bait on, I've been putting gulp on it, just yeah. tipping it with gulp. Why I was not? live. I live line. I was trying to live line a, uh, Live line of croaker down in Virginia Beach for uh, redfish with with a bottom sweeper. Yeah, it just yeah, gets it Dan, down there Dan where it's supposed to, to be. About that. Yeah, Dan. Dan kind of broke down the uh, how to fish with a live bait with him. It's not really how I thought it was. I'm not mm -hmm. quite sure I grasped it yet, but yeah, he's uh, like it, a ninja. That dude. Uh, the the uh, the live line spot. Yeah. yeah. Before like for like fluke and bass. Yeah, yeah I guess he, goes, he goes through the top. Yeah, there there's there's a technique to it. So I, I've done it long enough with him that yeah. it's, there's a technique to it. And then there's a weird, there's a weird way to do it. But if you don't do it right, you get hung up every time. But if you do it the right way, it's perfect. I mean, wait, yeah. wait till fall season, see, see if he'll take you out on the, on his um, side bank sheep's headed hunt. Those are rare. Yeah. He doesn't do too many of those anymore, but that, that, yeah. that, 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 that's a fun time. He doesn't quite share everything with me. No. Which I, his boat goes like 70 miles an hour. Mine only goes five. So I'm not yeah. that much of a threat to him. Yeah. He yeah. gets a lot more done in the same period of time than the rest of us do. Yeah. Literally, literally, he'll, he'll shoot from one area to the next. Like he, he's a power fisher. And then I think, I think, well, I mean, we'll get into that later when you guys had that whole day out, you know, what Ike and stuff and how you, they're all power, you guys are all power fishermen. So we'll, we'll get through that later, but. You know, it's, yeah. that, that's why you guys all click well because power fishermen fish well together because you guys quick fish quick and easy and get out and go to another area. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, speaking of water bugs, he was the kind of the guy that got me into the power fishing for the sheep's head. That mm -hmm. guy will pull his kayak three times and four times in one day go to a different bridge. Oh, the, like the, you're crazy, man. I've I, I seen him today. I, I seen how he fished. I can understand why he <laughs> yeah. gets that many fish on. Yeah. So, Did you guys but, ever? Um, you see that fluke that? Dan won the, uh, I think it was the 25th Duke of Fluke with. Yep. The uh, 13 pound, six yep, ounce. 13 pound fish. Yep. I know, I know the hole he was caught in too, that fish. Yeah. I was like about 200 yards away from him when he caught it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was an amazing day. You know, he broke a 20 year long record when he, it's, when he caught that. It's crazy. That fish it's, it's crazy that when you think that you could find something that big in the back, you know what I mean? It's, it's insane. I mean, I'm yeah. not surprised though. Like I've been fluking down South Jersey the past two years, and I mean, I've been picking up some decent 24s, 25s, 26s yeah. inch ones. So I, I'm not surprised there's a 30 30 inch fluke sitting back there somewhere. Not yeah, surprised. I haven't, really, I haven't really gotten that giant fluke yet. Believe it or not. Yeah. I haven't really. I've gotten nowhere near double digits. No, I haven't. Not, not in the back. That's like that's like pretty much a unicorn in itself. Like I picked yeah, up, I, yeah, I picked up a 24 inch one last week, but that's pretty much my biggest one down here. And, but in Raritan, I think our biggest one up there is like 28, 29. 
So yeah, yeah my buddy Justin caught a thirty incher on a black bomber like three weeks ago. Catching a bomber at the side banks. That is ridiculous. That is insane. Yeah. I, I'm still sitting at like 26 and a half inches. I got two 26 and a half, six and a half pounders in, um, in 2018. That's my PB. So I got, I got yeah, some that, work you know, to do. That's probably right, right where I'm at. And probably from 2018, I think 2018 was like a really good year down here for fluke. Dude, for me, I, I was bank fishing. So I, I think I, I was keeping tallies. I think I caught 460 some fluke with 64 of them being keepers. I was keeping tallies. I had, a, I had a pretty good ratio going uh, in 2018. I haven't had any kind of success like that since. But, yeah, 2018 was a solid year for me. That's crazy stats, dude. Congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah, All from the bank. Every one of them from the bank. I don't, I don't you're keep way much. more organized than I am, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't keep much stats about anything. The only thing I keep stats about is my sheeps. I keep that, <laughs> I keep that down to yeah. a log. How many I've caught, how many, where have I caught it what tide it was that's the only time that's the only log i keep is on on my sheeps so yeah mine's just facebook memories look i caught a fish in this, this time yeah i should have been fishing today <laughs> this was a good day last year <laughs> yeah i wish i like that's probably well, like one of my biggest regrets in fishing is probably not keeping a log like i know it's not too late but i yeah. i used to do it all the time especially i the, the the one fish I used to do it for religiously was snakeheads, believe it or not. I used to do it for snakeheads yeah. in and out. And then I just got to the point where I, that was before I was catching tons of them. When I would have like a five, six, seven fish day, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. But then I got to the point where I was having 20 and 30 and 40 fish days. I'm like, okay, I'm not keeping logs anymore. This is too much. Yeah. Every, I was stopping every four seconds logging a fish. I can't do that. You catch any snakehead in Cape May County? No, not that close. I, I, if you're interested in snakeheads, I can get you on them, but uh, I can get you probably yeah. from Cape May County, 45 minutes or so away from there. Yeah. 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 I got a buddy of mine, uh, Darwin. He's down in the, like, uh, in the hills in Maryland, dude. Yeah, I know like Darwin. Blackwater, Maryland. Yep. Yep. Man, they get some, and he doesn't even think it's a big deal. I'm like, man, that thing's huge. I want to catch Darwin one on well. a frog. Like, definitely a bucket list fish for me would be a big snakehead on a frog. Oh, I got you covered there. Dan can get you out. I think this is uh, year number nine I've been fishing for them. So I, I, I mean, kind of got them figured out. So if you if you want to get down on it, I got you covered. And you guys got yeah. kayaks, so you guys can get deep into that, like, that good stuff where you, where you can get find, like, real dragons back there. That's the one thing I haven't yeah. done. I haven't taken my kayak in the swamps because I don't want to have to wash all that crap off of it. Dude, right. I, I don't know if a pro angler in the swamp's a good idea, man, because you get stuck with that thing back there and you might not make it out. Yeah, not a pro angler, definitely. I, I think I could get away with my compass because I could pet I could paddle it if I had to. It's so light. Yeah. But your boat, <laughs> I wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's why that's why I'm gonna get a link. Yeah, I have trepidation thinking about it doing in my kayak, let alone something like what you have. I had a pro yeah, angler. Yeah, I've been I had a 14. I think it's pretty stuck in that thing, man. Yeah. yeah. You trying to paddle that thing. Back back shell bay man no way man so so it's not uh, too bad paddle it's not too bad paddling if you have to if you have to but if you're paddling through muck i wouldn't be doing that no way so so yeah. going back to your so we talked about fluke and sheep's head being your two favorite targets what, what is your pbs from the kayak on the sheep's head and on the fluke i think you caught a real nice sheep's head last year is that your pb that one last last uh early fall uh, or late summer i think my, 
So my biggest one last year was around 11 pounds. And I think in 2017, I called it like 13.6. Very nice. But I have a whole thing on video, and it's like the biggest uh, yard sale, we'll call it. I don't know if you're, it's like skiing terminology when you fall and all your stuff goes everywhere, yard uh, sale. Yep. Yes. Uh, but I, I can never post that video because it's just <laughs> such a dead giveaway of like the exact hole I was at. Yeah. But I don't know how I landed it. But I yeah. totally switched. I've totally switched the line I was using like prior to that. And I've never, never that suffix. What is it? The 832 or whatever it is. Uh huh. Like that's it. Yeah. We live by that. We live by that line. Yeah. I caught a, I caught a 40 inch snook in Florida with that. And I had it wrapped multiple pilings and never broke off, man. And I was like, I'm not using anything else. Suffix is uh, I, I I can I can swear by it because I've I fished for snakes head and the worst kind of crap that I can, and I've yeah. fish out of the the craziest possible positions and just like what you said I, I was down in uh, Wrightsville Beach North Carolina last year, and I was underneath of a gazebo that was on top of a dock, and I hooked into a twenty eight inch black drum, and it had me wrapped around every piling. And I was still able to land that fish. Like that thing was all over the place. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get this fish out of here. Like I go yeah. around one piling and go around the other pile, around the other piling. And finally the fish comes up. I'm like, Holy crap. How did I pull that off? So yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. So you, you I have was about getting ready to jump out of my kayak. Oh Jesus. <laughs> and uh, my buddy George was there and, uh, he was like, do not get out of the kayak. He's like, I will unwrap it. You stay in the kayak. But you got it. You got it done. That's all that matters. So exactly. So your your PB uh, fluke is is it about the same as mine? The 26 and a half inch, six and a half pounds, somewhere in that that range? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 26 or 20. I might have, I might have called a 28 inch fish, but I don't think I've gotten near a 30. My buddies have. I've seen them caught right in front of me. I've seen little kids catch giant ones. But same thing <laughs> with striper. I don't have like massive, massive amounts of stripers under my belt either. I have one good one, and I just stopped fishing for them. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, so I, when, yeah. I caught my PB striper when I was probably like 13 years old. <laughs> it's all up. How do you, how do you, how do you change that up? I mean, I, I got mine. I think it was 2018. Also, uh, Easter night. My wife, we were, we were wrapping up Easter dinner. And I'm like, I told my wife, I'm like, there's people been catching a couple fish on the river. I think I'm going to go tonight. She goes, it's Easter. I'm like, what does that mean? I said, well, I want to go catch a yeah. fish. And she, yeah. she goes, so I said, she goes, she, yeah, the Easter bunny's going to be late. <laughs> she goes, uh, she said something to the fact of, well, it doesn't mean you're going to get one. I buy, so it was like 12, 15 at night. I'm like, I caught it effing fish i was i was like going nuts she's like oh that's awesome but yeah I, she's she's like okay well you so yeah. you did it. <laughs> i'm like wait but you said i couldn't get it done and then yeah and she was just like so like oh she wasn't into it at all so but anyway so, um now as far as condition yeah, we used to go uh we used to have a go ahead sorry no you're good we used to have a um we used to have a uh, Thanksgiving Day striper thing. We used to go surfing on the beach every day. And a few years ago, we just switched over to tog fishing on Thanksgiving Day, and that's been great. Yeah, you can't beat that. We, uh, yeah. I, used to, I used to 
I used to run the uh, the, the surf myself on uh, Thanksgiving night, but uh, Thanksgiving Eve night, and I'd be out there all by myself, and it just was kind of cool. But I've gotten over that. I'm getting older. I can't I can't lug my stuff down the beach as much as I used to be able to, and that's why the kayak thing for me is it's kind of taken hold, and I've been able to to get get onto some fish without having to beat my 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 legs up, and my knees up, and everything else. Yeah, man, get that truck right down to the beach, right down to the launch. You're in. So Charles, when you are going, when you have your mindset that I'm, you're going sheep's head fishing, what kind of conditions are you looking for as far as um, tides, wind direction, wind speed, such all that good stuff? Um, I would, I would probably say I'm not like super picky about when I'm fishing for them because I've caught them at such random times that it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, like 55 degree water, and it, like if the water's clean you're going to catch them, man. You just got to find that seam, find where that fish is hiding. You know, I'm starting to learn that, like, you know, like we would fish around the top of the tide or the bottom of the tide, and I'm, like, starting to learn that those fish are more spread out, you know, when the tide's moving slower, and then when the tide starts moving faster, they, they get more concentrated in spots, and, like, sometimes I think they're easier to target. I don't know if I'm giving away any major secrets here, but... No, you're not. No, you're not. We... But here, here's a twist. I was out today. And it was, it was it was high. It was high tide. Here's the funny thing: they were all on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. All of them there, were man. on the bottom, like sitting. Yeah. Sheep, they were sitting on the bottom. They weren't anywhere in the water column. They were on the bottom. Yeah. Wow. Why? Why? I, exactly. <laughs> that, that doesn't explain it. Water was 72 degrees. It was warm. Uh, mm -hmm. Current was it was it was moving. So it was current moving decent. It was high tide. So, you know, from my, you know, five, six years experience, that tells me, all right, they're going to be up in the upper column, five, 10 feet down yeah. in the morning, that 15 at most. No, they weren't there. They were literally yeah. sitting on the bottom, like literally, you would have to drop the full 30 feet, 25 feet to the bottom, hit the bottom, lift the jig once or twice, pop it up and down, Boom. and then they'll grab it as it's dropping. That, that's what happened today. Yeah, it's wow. crazy, man. I, I know that same spot that you guys were at today mm -hmm. is like the first the first time I ever caught them on the bottom was at that same exact yep, place. And, yep, and it was on the bottom today, too. You guys it's can have crazy. the bottom. You guys can have that bottom. I'm staying away from those oyster toadfish down there. <laughs> uh, we didn't have no oyster toadfish no, today. But... So, so that's crazy because I remember us talking about this, and I, mm -hmm. I'll tell you, like, I'll – I'll jiggle it around a little bit and just do a little pop here. And then you're like, Oh no, no, you don't move it. We, we talked about this. Remember that? So that's crazy that you found conditions. Right. But, it's, it, right but it's not always that condition. Nine times yeah. out of 10. It's just one of those things. It's, it's just a weird day. Yeah. The funny thing is we didn't start doing that until we, uh, we seen your buddy Ed do it. We, I, I, I was, I kept watching yeah. the, the guys were fishing and I was just watching, I was just watching them and I was seeing what he was doing. And he's, yeah, that's, he's exactly, a good guy to watch. that's exactly what he was doing. He was like, he let it set, little twitch, maybe two, three inches up and let it settle again. Little twitch, let it settle again. And then I was just like, then I looked at these yeah. guys like, hey guys, let's try that. And then like, like 10 <laughs> minutes later, 10, 10 minutes later, boom, picked up our first one. It was like almost seven pounds. So, yeah. Yeah. So when you're fishing that bridge too, like there's another lip if you step back. Like you do when you jig next to the column and then you bounce it back like two or three jigs. Yep. I know exactly where you're at. 
mm -hmm. drops right that back down like another four feet. Yeah, because they're like right in that crook down there. Yeah, because it's it's that piling, and then there's like a little step, and then drops another couple of feet. No. Come yeah. on, guys! Don't give away everything. These yeah. gotta, we gotta make some of these people work for it. We gotta make them work for it a little bit. And look, as long as we don't tell them what bridge, we're good. <laughs> South Jersey yeah. has like, but, but we know. Jersey. Okay, so we know Charles is on this bridge. Ed is on this bridge. You guys are on this bridge. What bridge is it? Come on. Well, I don't yeah. usually. Well, here's the thing. I don't usually fish that bridge. It's 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 usually not in my area. But apparently, you know, from what we've been hearing and listening, that bridge is seems like they're getting more sheep moving earlier than the yeah. other bridges. Yeah. Because I think that yeah. bridge is closest to the that one inlet. And for some reason, they're coming through that inlet now. They're not, they're, they, they, they bypass the other inlets, I guess, because the other bridges, they're, they're not hot. They're, they're real cold right now. It's just that one bridge, is, mm -hmm. it's, it has, it's, having, it's picking up some numbers. Like last year, I fished that bridge so many times, I, didn't, I couldn't catch one off of there. So I only caught one there last year. It was like a 7.8 or 8-pounder somewhere in there. That's the only one I caught. Yeah, I caught, I caught nothing. And you know, I never learned how to fish that bridge because I well, tried it once or twice. The current rips there, and I'm just like, man, I don't want to play this with dirty. I'm, I'm gonna drive. I'm gonna drive back the other way. <laughs> so that that bridge produced for me late, late season last year, late mm -hmm. like October. Yeah, I was catching sheep out there. I got one yeah. there. I think it was July. Yeah, it was. Ju eh, it might have been late June that I got one there actually, because I'm trying to think. It was right around when I was starting my new job at that time. So yeah, it was late June that I got one there. And um, obviously a lot of the, uh, the Northern crew were down there on that bridge camped out and they were getting theirs. But um, beyond that, I didn't see a whole lot of fish caught there that, that early. The reason I fished that bridge today, cause I, I, I seen Charles fish it right. In one of his photos and yeah, you saw, you saw that bottom sweeper video two weeks ago. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that bridge, it's it's it, it intrigued me because you fish the side. There's I I there's no bridge you can fish the side like that anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when that that's what intrigued mm -hmm. me. I was like, what what how's the structure there that's so well that he could fish the side? You know what I mean? That's that's what that's that's what intrigued me. and I wanted to check it out today. So yeah. I can't that's I have a hard time. In my kayak, I have a hard time fishing that bridge. Personally, I'd have to get there at the perfect tide and everything else because my kayak's so so uh, so light that I get swept through there very easily. Yeah, like he said, uh, like the sides of these, I don't even know. Like it's like a wall, you know, where the, yeah. where the bridge pylon comes down. Yep. I don't know why that bridge or something with the current, but they're like it's a huge upwelling on the sides of those mm -hmm. couple piers. And you can it's, you can you can't you don't even move. You just stay right there. Yeah, it's weird. And the, and and your jig just sits perfectly vertical, and it's just like yeah. it's it's not deep. It's like fifteen feet, sixteen feet maybe. It's not deep, mm -hmm. but like I mean, I don't think there's a lot of fish there, but I think you catch them as they're swimming by. That's what it is. Like you're literally dropping on their head as they're swimming by from around, around, around you know, going around the yeah. pilings and then you just happen to catch the one that swims by there. Cause I don't think they, yeah. I don't think they pile up there and just feed there neither. It's pretty good for me. <laughs> that's all that matters, right? Well, that's me. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's how I work. I break down every little area piece by piece. And I, I, Cause I always wonder why. 
That's yeah. my question. Like, why, why, why? I, yeah. Charles, I, I'll put it this way. I found a lot last year on docks, like older yeah. docks that are like in 15 feet of water deeper, like older docks with a lot of growth on them. And mm -hmm. I was telling these guys, and I'm like, dude, this is just like that, how you fish for them down the Carolinas. Like they're not just mm -hmm. on the bridges. They're on those docks that are adjacent to the bridges. I said, yeah. And 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 you and I have the the uh, the ability to, to right. dip in there, whereas a boater doesn't. Yeah, you know, we so, we, can, we can get in underneath those docks and do our thing, and nobody even knows we're really there. Yeah, us us boat guys, yeah. we can't do that. Um, you know, another little trick, but you know, I'm not going to give out spots, but um, channel markers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've called them all channel markers. Yep, you got but you got to find the right one with the right depth. Mm -hmm. you, they're, they're not yeah. on every marker, but just just certain ones. You just got to know what to look for. Yeah, that's so, awesome. We're, I think we're giving away too many secrets. A little bit, but like I said, people's got to find the thing. them. Here's the thing: they're not easy fish to catch, no matter how many no. secrets you give away. No, like like Charles could give out all his spots. I could give out all mine. Dan could. Doesn't mean you're gonna go there and pull up and pick up fish. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, yeah. it does, it mean, just doesn't work that way. I, there was, there was probably a point where I was catching more cod than anyone around here. Mm -hmm. Maybe except for Dan and like if Dan was targeting them. Yeah. And he, I didn't even know that sheep's head were there. Like I've been, I've been catching a lot of cod for 10 years, a lot. Big one, six, eight pounders on these bridges. I had no clue that sheep's head were there until. The man showed us the light. <laughs> and boy, did he ever. He, he got us all hooked, man. I mean, that's how he started. Yeah. <laughs> that's how he started, though. 10 years, 11 years ago, he was he was the tall guy. He was bailing yeah. dog. That's what he loved. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, one day, he dropped his AquaView camera down and saw, lo and behold, piles of sheep. He, he didn't know they were down there neither. Yeah. So, Crazy, right? Yeah. The insanity. So Charles, real quick, I, I'll go through what my my baits of choice are, and I know quads dif differ from mine, but I am fiddler crab number one, sand flea number two, believe it or not, number three blue crab, and then everything else is going to be tied for four on. So what 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 do you prefer as far as your baits for sheep's head? Uh, I really just do fiddlers and Asian crabs. Gotcha. Um. I've had my best luck on those two. They're they're fairly easy to to harvest. Um, I mean, I never really chased the same fleas or did any of that thing. But definitely uh, Asian crabs and fiddlers for me. I just kind of get attached to the fiddlers. That's the only problem. I hear you because I I like I hate like you and I talked about this. I think last year I, I was finding some with like the in it with where they were, had eggs and everything. I'm like, shoot, man, I feel bad about this. I'm going to move on. Yeah. And I tried those, the, the Asian crabs and I had zero luck on those things. So that's what made me try other things like the sand fleas and stuff. And I actually did really well on the sand fleas, believe it or not. I'd put yeah. two, on a hook, two on a hook and it was money, man. I tell you what, down, down yeah. South, the sand fleas are the bait of choice. The sand yeah. fleas are so money. It's ridiculous. Even frozen sand fleas gets the job done. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting ready to go down to a um, fishing paddle tournament down in Ocean City, Maryland at the end of the month. And that's the ticket down there is sand fleas. Like, yes. If you're not using sand fleas in Ocean City, Maryland, you're not catching any fish. That's right. Yeah. I, yeah, I fish crazy. Ocean City, Maryland a lot. And actually, I know you wanted to talk about that tournament coming up. 
I have been trying to organize my schedule to fish that tournament probably three years in a row. And a good buddy of mine, uh, Morgan, actually fishes it and does really well. I think he won it two years ago, came in third last year. Um, yeah. Rob English uh, did well last year. There's a, a number of guys that did really well from, from people that we know. But why don't you, why yeah. don't you talk about the, the tournament a little bit and, and your, your ties with that? Uh, Fish and Paddle is just a, a two-day kayak fishing tournament. Uh, I think they're in their third year now. A guy named Brian Roberts, who he runs like the Huck Big Fish Classic. I hope I got that right. Uh, he runs that tournament also. And, you know, Brian's real real tied with the city, you know, with Ocean City. and He loves his community. And uh, it's really his motiv main motivation behind that is, like, to just promote the sport of kayak fishing because Ocean City is such a great place for kayak fishing. And, uh, you know, parting as well. But, um, you know, so he's put on this tournament and he's doing it completely out of pocket. And it just, you know, happens to be that he's friends with Robert Field. And Robert, you know, kind of jumped in with him, said, yeah, man, I'll help you out. Like, let's do this together. And then I, you know, I came to, became friends with Robert Field a couple of years ago. Uh, he came to Cape May and I fished with him. And uh, so I ended up going down there and the three of us kind of just been putting our heads together, seeing how we can blow this thing up. Cause that's really what they want to do. They, they like, their goal is to have a really, really big kayak fishing tournament in Ocean City. Well, so, that, that town, as far as, you know, a two, three hour drive from where we all live, it, it, it can handle it. I mean, that, that town is Ocean City, Maryland has amazing fishing opportunities like that. That bridge, that 50 bridge is an absolute fish magnet. I've caught so many different kinds of fish there. It's, it's absurd. I'll fish there in the spring yeah. for, 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 for stripers. I'll fish. I've caught sheep's head there. I've caught tog there. I've caught speckled trout there. I've caught weak fish there. Like there is, there is not, I've caught black drum there. Like there is nothing that that, that that bridge doesn't hold flounder, everything bluefish, my PB bluefish yeah, sure. right off that bridge. So yeah, it, I, I actually fished with my buddy Morgan two days before he won the tournament and I'm catching like bluefish bigger than the ones he caught with the tournament. Like, damn, I really wish I entered that tournament this year. I just haven't been yeah. able to do it. I, I think next year's the year. I, but yeah, like the, the kayak fishing world, we, we, we all, we all love stuff like that. Like it's like the, the competition and number one, the, the ability to, to kind of, to grow our brand as, as kayak fishermen. I think it's great what they're doing down there. Yeah. I'm not like a huge tournament fisherman guy. I used to fish a lot more tournaments. Um, I used to go up like Jay Bay, do that tournament, and um, the Striper Shootout in Salem, Massachusetts. Um, now it's just real. I just do the Duke of Fluke and this this fishing paddle. Duke of Fluke's like just a bragging rights tournament. It's run out of my local shop, Sterling Harbor. I think uh, this year it's going to be their 28th or 27th year, maybe. Great, great tournament. The kayak division is probably like five or six years old. So I just do those two tournaments. Fishing paddle is awesome, man. Such a good time. And they're both some, really fun tournaments. There's some incredible prizes involved with that fishing paddle tournament too. I think uh, Morgan won like one of the lightning kayaks and a lot of a lot of prize money and everything. It's it's as yeah. far as a kayak fisherman, it's it's if you can place in that tournament, it's an incredible haul. Yeah, like you can really yeah you, you can really do well for yourself. You have a good, good chance of at least covering all your expenses. Um, and th this year, actually, uh, the, the big fish prize, the overall big fish is a trip to Los Buzos, which is um, 
just about everybody's bucket list. <laughs> right. You yeah, know, I doesn't want to do that. I remember you sending me that link asking if I've seen that. I actually did not see that that was the big the big prize of the tourney this year. And kind of yeah. gave me some FOMO again, of course, because I'm not going to be able to do it. But next year, I think I'm definitely going to give it a roll, give it a whirl. So, yeah, I was just one piece of advice for anybody that's that's going to be interested in going down to that either this year or next year would be to book your room as far in advance as possible because it's a it's a real busy weekend in Ocean City that weekend. There's a lot of people around, and the accommodations are tight. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash waypoint. That's mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Plan, plan way ahead. Now, speaking of these tournaments, what, what is your take as a, a longtime kayak fisherman of the explosion of kayak fishing in our area in the last few years? Obviously, I think I've been fishing from a kayak for seven or eight years now, but more uh, heavily the last two years or so. And I've noticed personally, especially last year with the pandemic, that the, uh, the kayak fishing has exploded. And it's like it's like the in thing to do at this point. So what, what is your take on that? Um, it's definitely taken off. Um, when I was getting into it, uh, like, you know, 10 years ago, a decade ago, it was already on its way, uh, you know, into the stratosphere as far as being like, I think it's the fastest growing part of the sport fishing industry. I'm I'm not sure if I have that right, but you know, it's, it's like the explosion of it in our area has been astronomical and I'm sure it's been like that mostly across the country it's not you know in local um ocean ocean towns you know people right next to the ocean and around big lakes and all that stuff but the the pandemic was just crazy man especially like the four four or five months because it was a ghost town down here you know i was the only guy on the water for for weeks at a time and i was on like an altered schedule at work so i was getting a lot of fishing time like during the beginning you know like march and of that year yeah and we we can't keep them in stock at sterling harbor man as fast as we're getting them in over there they're yep. flying out flying off the shelves at this point they can't make them fast enough yeah i think inventory is an issue everywhere especially especially the shops that have hobies because you know while while hobie lost that patent on the pedal drive they they are still the um they are still the the shining beacon of kayak fishing, in my opinion. I mean, there, there's a lot of new competition out there, which I think makes the sport better as a whole. But yeah, definitely. For me, I'm still I'm a Hobie guy. I mean, yeah. I, I would say all three of us here are Hobie guys in some way, shape, or form. I, I think if Quad yeah. jumped into a kayak, he would be jumping into a Hobie just because. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I've I always consider getting one. I just don't have the storage for one yet. I mean, I may get one later in the future, but who knows? 
You can always yeah. store it right on top of your Hobie power skiff. Just lay it face down. I just <laughs> mine's in the yard, dude. Mine's just right in the yard. I mean, or on top of my truck, one or the other. Yeah, so it's always ready to go. So now, when you're out there, have you found like the etiquette from kayak fishermen to kayak fishermen to be decent? Do you feel like it's overall it's more of like a brethren, or do you feel like there's like it's like competition for spots and such? What I what I noticed out there last year was, you know, people generally speaking, kayak fishermen are decent to other kayak fishermen, but then you have uh, a group of guys that'll you know, kind of tussle with you over spots, for for example, uh, in, in certain areas. Uh, have you has that been your experience, or have you uh, have you been pretty pretty positive overall? Um, I've had I've had some negative experiences. Um, you know, just with fishing in general, especially like when I first got into it. But um, my whole thing is like, I was born and raised here, and I've been fishing here a long time where there was nobody around. And like, sometimes I, you know, I'll pull up to the bridge and if I did, if I wait till eight 30 to go down to the bridge, I'll get there and there's 10 cars on the lot. You guys there froze up. Yeah. We, can, we, can, we, can, we can, we can hear you. We can hear you. There you go. All right, cool. Um, anyway, so, you know, it stinks rolling up to, to your, to your favorite fishing hole and, uh, 10 guys beat you there already, but, you know, that just means, you know, it's going to grow no matter what I do or what anybody else does. People love kayak fishing, you know. It's just going to keep growing. So you just got to get used to it. You just got to find better spots, harder spots to get to, you know. Longer drives, which is what I get. I get flack for all the yeah. time from this other guy. Like, he's like, why do you always yeah. got to go down to Virginia to fish? Why can't you fish New Jersey? And it's because, yeah. hey. It gives me more opportunities to find space on the water. And hey, listen, yeah, yeah, I can go and catch redfish and speckled trout easier down in Virginia Beach. Sue me, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I live on uh third street in North Wildwood. Okay. Beat me on the water in my hometown. Like I slept too late. It's totally my fault. So that's how I feel about it. Just gets me out of bed earlier. That's all. There you go. You got it. You got to preparation is key. So now, yeah. yeah, going to bed early is key too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to be out first thing tomorrow, beating the banks for flounder up fluke up north myself. So I'm going to be getting up early, early, early. I hear you. Uh, and I'll be out early yeah. again, day two, <laughs> pounding sheep again tomorrow. Hope we hope. Yeah, Hopefully. I got. I've worked at seven a.m. Yep. So, uh, Charles, uh, you know, we've talked about some of your fishing stories. Obviously, you, you uh, had that uh, incredible fishing trip with Mike Iconelli and uh, Dan Schaefer. You want to you talk about that a little bit? Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun, man. And, like, I've got, I got to fish with Mike quite a few times. And, uh, like, Dan's kind of recently a new friend of mine. And... Uh, I'm just, I'm just looking forward to like, you know, just getting together with these guys and just, you know, I love fishing, man. And I want to have new experiences and all that stuff. And I'll do whatever it takes and go wherever I got to go to do it. If I got to bring my camera along and video other guys recording, that's how I'm going to get it done or video other guys fishing. Yeah. Dan, Dan's a, Dan's a good friend to have in your back pocket, man. Very knowledgeable guy. 
You know, yeah. he, he, I mean, yeah. I mean, you've lived there whole, your whole life and he, he's been on there. I don't know how 10, 15 years, but he's, he's got that area pretty dialed pretty well. And then he's, he's put his time in. So yeah. he's, I mean, like I said, I've known, I've, mm-hmm. I've known him for quite a long time. He's just hasn't really been real keen on sharing the information with me until yeah. recently. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's, 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 cool. it's like that in the past few years though. It's, Five six years ago was a lot different. Now is a lot different. Yeah. You know what I mean, like back back five six years six years ago, no one knew how to catch sheep. Like no one, literally yeah. no one. And then yeah. like as as it slowly yeah, we used to catch them in calf nets. Yeah, as as it started, as the the boom started, and you know, a little bit more information leaked out. He got very more comfortable releasing some of the information because yeah. he started doing those seminars too. So it's kind of like all right, yeah. well. The secret's out. You know, the only thing I haven't given up is my spots. But besides that, technique-wise, stuff like that. And besides, especially the fact that he started this whole bottom sweeper thing. You know, it's his business. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if he's gonna sell the jig, he's yeah. gonna have to tell you. He's gonna have to teach you how to use it. You know, point blank. And yeah. So yeah. that's that's where yeah. at that. That's why he's slow, he's slowly been given. You know, releasing a little more information, pick closer friends, yeah. and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I've known him for quite some time, and uh, he's definitely like a guy I look up to as far as fishing man because he puts in his time more than anybody. That's for sure. I, I think we can all agree that I think we all kind of look up to him. He's he's a he's a wealth of knowledge, and and honestly, in the sheep's head world, he he created that boom, right? So yeah. like nobody he's, else was doing it. It was no. it was his boom that he created. I mean, uh, I'll never forget. To like, be honest, but. He made he made them cool, dude. He made sheep's head cool again exactly. because like they they act like uh, they're a nuisance down south, you know. Like we right. kind of act with bluefish here, you know, um, and they act with you know with uh, weak fish up north, like they're mm-hmm. just kind of a nuisance. But, but you know, the sheep's head on social media has been like really something to watch, and and like how popular they are, and like the people that want to come catch them, like. I get contacted almost weekly by people out of state. They're like, yo, man, can you put me on sheep's head? I'm like, yeah, if you got a week to burn. Yeah, same thing with me. Out. Same thing with me. You're, we were talking about Darwin. I was I was supposed to get out with him last year to help him get on his first sheeps. And I, we talked about it briefly this year. But, yeah, I mean, like, it's it's amazing the explosion of interest in, in the sheep's head fishing in, in this area. It's funny, like, you – there's people catching them in Delaware. There's people catching them in Maryland, but Jersey seems to be the Mecca of the big fish for sheep's head. I mean, because one, there's still unicorns here, no matter what. And two, ours are big. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ours are, I mean, I mean, you're talking about five, six years ago. Yeah. They were all big, you know, and then the five, six years lately, you know, a lot more people catching on a lot more people harvesting them. So the bigger ones are starting to, I don't, I wouldn't say they slowly disappear, but they're, more far and few like no five six years ago i I would go out with dan we'd pick up four doubles in a day that wasn't hard you know what i mean it it wasn't hard we broke off monsters every day like every 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 trip we went if we didn't break off at least three or four monsters it wasn't a good trip but now it's like a whole year you know you fish a whole year you'll, you'll get lucky like last year i fished i only picked up three doubles you know when i'm at when i'm usually averaging at least 10 a year but last year I picked up three. So it's kind of like yeah. uh, the bigger either it's either from what my, I'm experiencing and I 
I've been tagging. I have, I don't rarely, I rarely get returns, but it's either the bigger ones are getting harvested or the bigger ones are going further north. Cause I have, I have guys fishing up north that's been catching sheep consistently off the jetties. And they're, they're like the they're yeah. tent, they're double digit ones off the jetties, you know, and they're, they're in Raritan too. I, I've have a couple of guys that fish Raritan that, that caught them by catch catching tog. So they're moving. I mean, man, you figure Elias used to catch them in Sheepshead Bay in New York. So th- they make that run. So I'm, it's either the big ones are going further north or, you know, with the bigger ones just aren't as plentiful as they were before. You could be on to something because the last two years we've, we've seen like a, a, a bigger mass of like the bigger fish in Atlantic City area too. Like mm-hmm. I've seen some big 13, 14, 15 pound fish being caught around Atlantic City the last, I don't know, probably two years. Maybe it's just because I'm paying more attention now, but it seems like I've seen some bigger fish caught up yeah. there. Yeah. And and we talk to divers too that that are seeing massive schools of fish out there, like it's just absurd schools of sheep's head fish. Which it's hard to you know we we spend we we talk to these guys down south and they're like oh sheep's head we we catch 30, 40, 50 of them a day, and then up here we're like man we get excited about four or five fish in a day, and then it's just like um, then you talk to some of these divers and they're seeing like schools of 30, 40 fish. Mm-hmm. You wonder what's keeping you from catching these fish, but it seems like the tips of the jetties is where you're seeing the bigger schools of fish. And then the bridges are holding, you know, maybe five to 10 fish on the whole bridge, something like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I think they come through in waves. Yeah. And they, they follow the tides too, because I, I know I've, Sorry I've fished, I fished a, a, a bridge religiously through the whole tide stage, every single piling up and down, up and down. And then I come back like three or four hours later, it's a different tide and I catch four fish. You know, it's mm-hmm. just one of those things. There's no rhyme yeah. or reason to it. I mean, sometimes we have a great day. And yeah, sometimes, sometimes you'll you run a great it, day. You... And then the next day it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes you'll, sometimes you'll run into single fish, but sometimes you'll run into a whole school. Like, Last year we ran, we were fishing. It was pretty quiet. And I kind of ran, I kind of just drifted through the bridge just using my side scan. And that, and then literally my side scan lit up. Like, like I was like, what is this goldfish? And like, it was, it was lit. I was like, all right. So we just, I just pulled into it, into a piling. It was, it was a couple of pilings. And literally me and Johnny dropped down. We literally bailed sheeps for 30 minutes. We literally boated like 12 of them in like 30 minutes. It was two two doubles, two elevens, and the rest were all like eh, three five pounders, pounders. But it was like they were only on one piling; they weren't nowhere else. They were just all like thirty four of them just sitting there. You could you could see it on my my uh, side scan. They were just there, like piled up. All the whole column was lit up. It was insane. That was the first time I've ever seen that. I mean, it. maybe. Maybe that's one of the reasons why we we love them so much because they are so much of a challenge, you know. Mm-hmm. Everything changes. Yeah, we, you, we, we we've always know. said. Yeah, we always said that. I mean, Dan's always said that, and everybody, <laughs> all the all our other sheep guys. When you finally figured, think you figured it out? No, you haven't figured them out. They changed their yeah. patterns. And then our, our yeah, my, southern buddies try and give us a hard time, like, "Oh, you can't catch sheep's head." Like they don't know how how easy they got it down there. Like I've gone down there and bailed sheep's head 
come up here and I'm happy about three bites in a day. Yeah. Yeah, one fish, man. Go home and crack a beer, call it a day. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. You get one, that's a good day. You get one or two more, that's a bonus. So, yeah. I think the most I've ever caught in one day, I think, was four fish. Yeah. Yeah. Go to most- Oregon Inlet. Oregon Inlet. <laughs> It's not a secret spot. It's hard place to fish from a kayak, but I caught over 120 in one day. Yeah. Yeah, that's – well, no, I'm, in Florida, I've done some damage in Florida, but yep. in Jersey, I'm saying four fish is the most I've ever caught. In one yeah, I, I've done damage in Florida on, on yeah. sheeps, so. I think my best day up here in Jersey, I went four for six, I think. I went four for six. So that was my best day too on a kayak yeah. here. Yeah, I think I think our best day between Yeah, you must have had some uh... Yeah, I think our best day it was just two me me and Johnny. I think our best day we had twelve in the boat. And it was literally in that thirty minute span. So that's a good day. Yeah. So wow. That yeah, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. All right, Charles, any other fishing stories you care to share? Any other plugs? I know we wanted to, we wanted to plug Sterling Harbor bait and tackle. Uh, we wanted to plug the two tournaments, the Duke of Fluke and um, fish and paddle down in Ocean City, Maryland. Anything else you want to chat about? Yeah, just, uh, yeah, just definitely um, if people want to fish this fish and paddle tournament, just let, us, let, let the listeners know where they can sign up, you know, the website, or if they can they reach out to you or who, where, where do they get all the information to, to get into this tournament. Yeah, Fish and Paddle, uh, I believe their website is fishandpaddle.com. It's really not hard to find anywhere on the internet. They're promoting it like crazy. Uh, Brian, the guy who runs that, is an excellent dude. Um, you can reach out to him, Brian Roberts. Uh, we have a Facebook group uh, for the tournament, um, Fish and Paddle Anglers group. If anybody's got any questions, they can jump in there. They can message me on Facebook or whatever. I try to help anybody out. Um, that's the 26th and 27th of this month, I think. And then the Duke of Fluke next month, July, I believe the 17th. And that, all that information will be coming up on sterlingharbor.com. That's about it for me. Well, Charles, it's been an absolute blast chatting with you. Obviously we love sheepshead. We love the same fish you love. Um, well, you can find Charles at Charles Breon, B-R-E-O-N on Instagram. Um, he has some excellent fishing content on his Instagram page. He's also on Facebook. Um, but it's been a blast chatting with you, brother. We we appreciate having having you on talking fishing, man. Yeah, cool, man. I hope my internet connection wasn't too bad. Now nah, we'll we'll get through it. No worries. No worries. We can we can clean it up. Yeah, cool. Let's get on the water. Do some fishing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna link up with you here soon. We'll we'll uh, get some of that good drone footage of me uh, striking out on sheep's head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah awesome awesome and the podcast is great guys man you guys are really doing a good job i think it's awesome we appreciate, appreciate that it, man. man help us get the word out tell your friends i will i will all right brother we're gonna we're gonna stay on but that thanks again for hopping on we really appreciate you yeah man yeah, yeah. definitely definitely keep in touch man like i said you're always welcome on my boat you know, we'll figure out maybe a schedule. We'll get you on. We'll get you on my boat for a day and see if we can pick up some more fish, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, cool. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm, right, a pretty, well, uh, I'm a pretty solid weekend warrior. So, uh, 
I'm, Saturdays I'm, and Sundays my day, man. Ugh, Saturdays and Sundays are not my day. <laughs> I, I fish I fish Monday to Thursdays. But uh, we'll figure out something. I do the weekends too, so we'll, we'll make some work. Yeah, cool. Also, too, I get done at 3.30 during the week. 3.30. There so you go. I'll meet you at the dock. If we can get if get out three thirty, we can catch a little uh, uh outgoing tide. We might be able to do something. Sure. Yeah, and I always got extra hobies too. So you want to get on one of those one day? Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh -oh. Uh. <laughs> uh. You want to get on some floating plastic qua? Come on, you can do it. I'll think about it. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, dude, there's no, there's nothing better than fluke fishing on a hobie. I'll tell you. Oh, what, I man. bet. I bet. I bet. Fluke it's fishing. one of the best things I ever did in my life, man. Yeah, I, I bet fish uh, fluking on a Hobie's a lot uh, on a kayak's a lot easier than a boat. I was trying to set up a drift today. It was a win against. It was a it was a win with tide. Yeah, no, nah, that wasn't happening. Even with my trolling motor, I wasn't slowing down. I was like, forget about it. I just, I just, I like yeah. hey guys. Line lines up. We're going in. <laughs> yeah, awesome, awesome, fellas. All right, cool. Well, um, good you have time. a good night. Yeah, you have a good night, man. Uh, we'll catch you. We catch you out in the water. All right, boys. My bad. Right, right. See you, man. Have a good night. See you. See you. Yep. All right. Another episode in the books. Outside of uh, some, some internet challenges, I thought that was some solid, solid content. Uh, yes, sir. that's what that, that's that South Jersey internet, man. You know, <laughs> you know how that works. When we're on the water, we get nothing out there neither. Yeah, it's good because nobody can bother us. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to check in with anybody. Oh, I was on the water. What are you going to do? I got no reception. Sorry, man. <laughs> I'll talk to you at five o'clock. Exactly. Once I get back. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, we, we, uh, we are a big believer in uh, supporting uh, all the, the different ways you can fish, whether it be by foot, kayak, boat, you name it, charter boat. And uh, Charles is one of the guys that does it really well from the floating plastic. And uh, I strive to be better at it. So I, I, I kind of keep an eye on people like him. Um, he does it, does it really well. And he's get some amazing footage. He has drone footage, everything else. He's got some great camera equipment and, you know, he's a, he's the type of guy that we like to align ourselves with because he, he does it really well. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we, we talked about some of the tournaments, the fish and paddle down in ocean city. That's a great little tournament. It's been going on for a couple of years now. I've had personal friends that have done really well with it. It's getting bigger every year. So it might be harder to place, but it's a, it's a good way to test your metal, you know, to see, see how you stack up against some of the better kayak anglers in, you know, this area. And there's people driving from, you know, Boston and, 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 and up from the South to, to fish this tournament. So it's a pretty big deal and it's only going to get bigger. And obviously, like he said, the Duke of Fluke's been around forever. We all, we've all heard about that one. So with the kayak division adding to that, you know, that's another opportunity for me and other kayak anglers to uh, ba basically stake our claim to the, you know, some of that tournament money that's out there. So definitely recommend jumping in on, on those things to, to kind of, to te test your competition level against other guys. And it it's a brotherhood as well. You know, everybody shares, you know, information and all that good stuff. So I thought it was a good one, man. What'd you think? I think it was good. It's yeah. just one of, you know, it's always good to have options out there. You know, we've got a lot of listeners that are, you know, maybe they're interested in, you know, a kayak, you know, maybe they want to float on the plastic and catch fish. I mean, everyone has their own ways of doing things. You know, not everyone wants to be on a boat. Not everyone wants to walk the banks. You know, everyone's a little bit different. And having the options of having different guests that has, 
you know, those views and the do's, the don'ts, the, you know, the little tips they can give you, it may persuade that one person that was thinking about it to actually maybe go check one out. And, and you, you heard Charles, you know, you got to get the opportunity, stop into Sterling Harbor. You know, they got, they got kayaks, they got demos, they got, you know, very, you know, helpful staff there that'll answer most of your questions. You know what I mean? Anything you have, reach out to them. You know, it doesn't hurt if you want to like, but the most important thing Charles and Dan says, don't be set on a certain kayak or a certain set of, you know, accessories. Don't go out and say, I'm going to spend $3,000 on a Hobie and load it up with like $3,000 worth of gear that you're not going to need. Now do what Dan did beginning this season. And he'll tell you in a minute, buy your, the kayak, no, try kayaks, see what you're comfortable with. Take it home, take it out on a lake, ride around with it, see how it feels. And then slowly add your accessories. You know, you would want a certain fish finder. You want it to sit this way. You want a certain rod holders. Remember, you don't want to take everything with you. You want to be as compact and, you know, reachable, as I would say. And you got to remember, 100%, you're going to dump your yak one of these days. You know what I mean? No one's perfect. And you don't want to dump it with all the craziest gears on there. You know what I mean? Dan can explain this. Stuff a little bit more. <laughs> I, I have a, I have a whole Please, big amount. No, no. Like for example, like last year I lost two rods back to back trips, two brand new rods with brand new Stratics. And I want to kick myself every time I think about it, you know, strapping your gear down properly. That there, There's just so many little details that, you know, you're rushing out the door to go fishing that if you don't hit on all those little details, it's going to cost you money. It's going to, it could cost you your life. So when it comes down to it, safety first, number one, and minimalist, you know, you want to, you want to make sure you have what you need to fish. If you're, let's say you're going to fish for sheep's head and, and fluke, you know, you make a day of it. So you pack your gulp, you pack your bottom sweeper jigs and leave the rest of the crap at home. You know, that bring two rods. I, I usually, when, if I'm doing one or the other, if I'm doing fluke fishing or I'm doing sheep's head fishing, I'm bringing a rod specific for each. I'm bringing a, a little bit of gear specific for each. And that is it. I used to come out like, oh, well, maybe I'll need this lure. Or maybe I'll maybe I'll trick them with this thing. Or maybe I just need this strip bait. Or maybe I just need that. No. As little as you can get away with as possible. Because obviously you can catch bait while you're out there for sheep's head. So you don't need to bring anything extra for that. You just got to bring a bucket to hold your bait. And, and flounder, it's gulp, man. If, if you're out there and you see bluefish pop up, obviously you can grab a, you know, a bluefish and strip that out. But I'm a big fan of fishing artificials, so I don't do too much of that myself. Uh, but safety first. I have three kids. I have a wife. My goal is to always come home to them, period. Um, I'm not going to challenge that. There's not a whole lot that's going to that's gonna make me deviate from that. It's just fishing. Yeah. TFDs guys, you know, there's TFDs. so many, there, there's so many out there. They they make ones that are so slim. You won't even know they're on you. You know what I mean? And Always I, wear them. I wear my PFD in all conditions. You know, I've had my, my, my NRS Chinook, which is my, my, um, my PFD of choice. I've had it on in 105 degree weather and it doesn't affect anything. I don't care what you say. There's, there's no reason why that you can't fish with it. It doesn't, it doesn't get in the way of your fishing, especially on a kayak, because you're not like opening up, taking big, long casts, you're yeah. really just dropping down and do it. it. It is not going to, it's not going to change the way you fish. Yeah. I, I got, th I got, I got three of those on the boat myself. They're, they're perfect. They're slim. They don't take up 
any any space you know what i mean so you you get those pfds the biggest thing i've gotten into is is things that make my uh, th things that to keep my my fishing stuff organized like i have a nice hobie crate that keeps all my stuff organized behind me i have my wheels i have my rods and then whatever i can fit in my um my my um rectangle hatch that's what i bring with me outside of that i don't have extra stuff like it just i bring probably 20 jig heads i bring you know enough gulp and then i'll bring like you know 10 bottom sweepers in different sizes that's it and a net very and important net. always need a net you always need a net, need a you'll, net. Re you'll regret it if you don't bring a net obviously you want your flag out back with your yep. light and all that good stuff anything yep. that's going to keep you safe really just to keep you visible and safe is the biggest thing so i don't fish with an anchor i don't have an i have an anchor trolley i don't fish with an anchor i never i've never anchored up in my kayak i don't do drift socks or anything like that i just i'm a big fan of the the kiss keep it simple stupid you know just keep it as simple as possible I catch plenty of fish that way. So it's not, it's not a hindrance to what I'm trying to do. So with that being said, we all thank, we thank you for uh, tuning into another episode. We really appreciate it. Um, Charles was a great guest. Again, you can find him at Charles Brian on Instagram. He's also on Facebook. You can find us tide chasers podcast on Facebook, also on Instagram at tide underscore chasers. Um, we have the link to all of our podcast uh, platforms in the bios of both the Facebook and Instagram page, but we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, Deezer, iHeartRadio, all the, all the big players, uh, Pandora. So don't hesitate to tune in, leave some feedback, give us some love and tell, and, you know, kind of share the content. We're going to be doing some giveaways coming up. So the more people, the merrier, you know, it's going to be some, the more people we have on board following along, the more people we can tune, we can uh, send that uh, those giveaways out to and, and uh, get, get a lot of people going in the right direction and uh, you know, get more people in the water with some more information. It's really what it comes down to. Sounds good to me. We do have a big announcement coming up in a few weeks, you know, once we get it all set together, but we'll let you guys know when that time comes. But, um, Hey, look, we're always looking for new guests, guys. Uh, if, if you feel like you hit, you're very interesting or you know someone that's very interesting, or if you know a nice local tackle shop, you know, that needs a little bit of help with promotion and stuff, reach out to us. You know, we'll be able to, you know, we'll, we'll do it our best. You know, our job in the end is to provide you with the best intel, the best local tackle shop, the best captains, charters, local talent. Anyone, our goal is, our goal by the end of this, by the end of every podcast is to make sure you guys come out as a better fisherman. Absolutely. You know, that's all, that's all to us. That's all it's about. You know, we're not about the drama. We don't, that's not about, that's not what we are. Us is the more we get people involved in the sport that we love and the more that we help you become a better angler, it's going to lead to a better, gener a better generation growing up. You know, Dan's kids going to grow up and they're going to be incredible anglers. Why? Because, you know, we're teaching them, the correct way or the right etiquettes of doing things. You know what I mean? Just like future anglers, you know, they're going to grow up the future. I, you know, the future, you know, all those future pros out there, you know, they're going to, they're going to grow up, you know, the satisfying feeling is of you getting a kid hooked up to fishing that very first time. And then that's, you know, like, like the same thing with, you know, our parents, you know what I mean? They got us into the sport and we got hooked and you know what, look at us now. You know what I mean? That's kind of what you want to transfer 
to the next younger generation. You know, you want to get them involved in something that they they love and obsessed with. You know, sometimes you you can save someone, you know, leading them down the good path instead of a bad path. You know, fishing, everyone just thinks is, oh, it's just fishing. No, fishing is a fundamental and very, you know, thing that we makes us happy every day. You know what I mean? It's not just another sport or a hobby. It's 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 our life. It's our lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I've had some some challenges recently with my health and stuff. I was in the hospital twice in the last, uh, I don't know, six months or so. And I'll tell you what, without my without fishing, without my friends who also fish, I don't know where I would be. Like it's it's kind of, I, as he said, it's it saves you. It really does. Like even even if you're not fishing, like the act of talking about fishing, organizing tackle, getting into it, watching videos, it's all man, it's all part of it. Like I don't do any, I, I work, I fish. I mean, I work, I have my family and I fish that that's my life. You know, it's, it's, it's a third of my life, I would say at the very least. And I, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. And, you know, seeing my kids come grow up and be like, daddy, I really want to go fishing. That's what it's all about. Like passing this on to the next generation, making sure they're set up better than we were is the biggest thing, you know, giving them the knowledge that we didn't have, that we had to work hard to find. You know, just making them better prepared anglers, better prepared uh, to, you know, know the ins and outs of what fisheries are in trouble, what fisheries need help, what fisheries are okay to harvest fish from, you know, where it's okay to fish, all these things like uh, different, you know, regulations, it all is part of the game. And we're just here to be a resource to other, other people, other anglers. And, you know, all these, everybody that's, we all started somewhere. We all had, you know, had to get a push in the right direction. And this is hopefully somebody else's push in the right direction. That's all we're, that's all we're looking for. All right. Well, that's, I'm not, I got nothing to say about that. I mean, we all nailed it. That's about it, man. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks for tuning in everybody. Tight lines. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to bringing you another exciting guest next week. Yep. Stay tuned guys. Good night.